All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Nicks? What's happening? It's me, Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. This is me, Mark Marin, after working. I was on set today. I'm sorry, how are you? Everything all right? I'm out in the world in this fucking COVID tsunami working like a fucking idiot because I chose to do so. I chose to believe that protocols were in place that will protect me on this set. I chose to believe people who told me you'd probably be safer on a movie set than you would be going to Trader Joe's or Ralph's. I chose to do it. I did not know when I chose to do it that it would be the fucking escalating peak of the plague. But now I'm in it. And I have to accept my uh, choices and do the work. I'm grateful to be working, but terrified on another level. But I've let that go because I made the choice. And they do seem to have their shit together with the masks and the shields and the testing. Godspeed. God willing. I will not get this fucking bug. I didn't start thinking about it again till the end of the day. I got up at five, had to drive an hour and uh, 15 minutes out to the edge of the desert to this little shitty hotel, this rundown old dump of a hotel that is the set for the, uh, the next week or so. I'm only shooting 11 days on the movie. And uh, for some reason, it's not unfamiliar to I, the Glow Hotel was a shitty little hotel. You're always wondering, like, do, do people live here? And it's sad, but that's where we're out. Out there, that's where we're at. Out there in the dust, on the edge of the world. And I got to be honest with you, man, and it saddens me, but I think most people in this country live in borderline squalor. And it's fucking disturbing and unfair and sad. But there we are out there making a movie. It's a human story about a woman with trouble. And uh, I've been working with um, Andrea Riceborough, who's sort of a, a savant, a genius, a great actress, British person. And Andre Royo, who you know from this show and from The Wire, from Empire. That guy's a live wire. Speaking of wires, he plays Bubs. But he's my buddy and my kind of my partner in this movie. So I'm hanging around a lot with Bubs, with Andre. Great guy. I couldn't, I couldn't have asked to be hanging out with a better person in the downtime. The only problem is I got to maintain, I got to do a Texan accent, which I'm doing. I'm just doing it. I don't give a fuck. I laid it in place. I did the work. I did the dialecting with the dialect coach. I got a little primer. I got a little little uh, page of things I got to think about when I do it. And I do it and I try not to do it up in my nose where it sounds like I'm doing an impression of somebody from Texas. But it's going well and I'm glad I took the gig. It's a... Uh, it's scary, but I, you know, it's nice to be around people. I, I know that it's dangerous and maybe not the smartest thing I ever did in my life, but like I said, the protocols are in place. Safety is being 
um, focused on immensely. There's nobody on the set without a mask and mostly without a shield ever, except for actors when they're doing their scenes. I get tested every other day, it seems. And uh, hopefully I won't get it and I, and I feel like I'm doing okay work. I didn't know what I had in me anymore. We've been in this quarantine situation for a long time. But I didn't know if I could still work with people or get into the zone and do the acting. But I, as I said the other day, I'm on set and I'm like, I know what this is. I know how to do this. I'm familiar with this profession. I am a professional in this show business thing. And the director seems very happy. He seems to be getting what he wanted out of me. He ordered a Mark Marin. He's getting the Mark Marin. Did I mention today uh, on the show here, Brad Williams is uh, on the show. Brad is a comedian. He's a little person. He's a dwarf. I was told it's okay to say dwarf by Brad Williams. You may have seen his stand-up specials, Fun Size or Daddy's Issues. And he's also uh, appears in the uh, Netflix stand-up series, the degenerates and he and he was uh the topic or the subject or the launch pad of one of the funnier moments i've ever uh, had on radio not not me personally but, but bore witness one of the funnier moments that i've witnessed on radio with anthony cumia before he went completely sour uh when he was a a funnier clown but i talked to brad about that man what a day a lot of pages, a lot of scenes. It got to the point where I, the last thing we were shooting today, I had to drive up and get out of a truck. Me and Andre had to drive up and get out of a truck. And I had one line. The line was, uh, so did it go okay? Everything go okay? Man, but everything gets rolled into motion. We had uh, transpo, moved the truck. We got in the truck. All the gears were going. Everyone's on set doing the thing. We got a moving vehicle. I fucking drive that thing up and I get out and I deliver my line to Andrea, who's playing Leslie, and I say, everything go okay? And then I stopped and like, fuck, no accent. Like, and it was almost as if no one caught it. I'm like, we got no accent. That was me. It was just Mark. Can't have that. Back up the truck. I, I forgot to put on my accent face. But it's going well. But it's weird what I get freaked out about. Like, you know, I I did some, uh, yeah, I got to sign a, when I was on Glow, I signed a nudity waiver. Is that what you say? That I had to do that because if those women were going to show anything, then I had, it had to be equal and I had to show whatever they asked me to show. Fortunately, as some of you may know, it was my ass. And there was one, uh, it was one, not really a sex scene, but uh, partial nudity. But I, I showed my ass. It's there. I walked around set with a dick sock on. And that was okay. I was okay to deal with that. But I'm doing this movie, and there's one scene where I got to eat a TV dinner, and I was like, oh, my God. I don't know if I can fucking do that. Is there any way around me eating a TV dinner? Because we got to do a bunch of takes, and I got to eat Salisbury steak from a TV dinner. I was more freaked out about that than showing my ass on camera. Even my cock, maybe. I, I don't know. That's a little, that would have been a little hard. No, I mean, it probably wouldn't have. Damn it. I didn't mean to do that. It didn't. I'm not even going to play it out. But uh, I was it really, I had to really kind of come to grips with eating a Salisbury steak from a fucking TV dinner. 
fortunately, they made one special for Andrea, who has uh, meat issues. So they made a gluten-free veggie one, so I, t- I was able to take some of that as opposed to the real Salisbury steak. But I did more eating on camera this time than I ever have. And I try to avoid it at all costs. Because if you eat on camera in a scene, then every time you do a take, you got to remember where the fuck you ate. Like there's not enough going on in the world. I'm happy to be working. I really am. It's really exciting. And it's so fucking nice. It's amazing how long it's been to be around that many other people. It doesn't feel that different. It's just everyone's wearing masks. So do you guys have the um, the Citizen app? I don't know what the hell I got it for. I think it was a fire thing. I think my friend Dan said it's good for fire updates. But now I got on here and you just, you know, if you think you live in a good neighborhood, get the Citizen's app. You don't know what the fuck is going on in your neighborhood. And I don't know whether it's like promoting entertainment because I got to fight myself sometimes, man. Just out of nowhere, you'll get a notification from the Citizen app, and it's like a naked man running around Trader Joe parking lot with a knife, upset that it's not open yet. It's like, part of me is like, holy shit, that's crazy. And the other part of me is sort of like, I wonder if I leave now, if he'd still be out there when I get down there. Because I kind of like to see that. And then sometimes there's just things come up, and it's like, is that really, did someone call that in? Man with indigestion at Glen Oaks and Brand on the corner bus stop. I don't know if that's, is that really something I should, do I need to know that? That doesn't seem like a big deal. Fellow with funny head walking through the Bank of America parking lot. Nope. Don't need to know that. Five gunshots heard. And then sometimes the story doesn't even go on. Man talking to his penis, sitting in front of Walgreens. Now that I got to get to. What time did that start? That sounds like an interesting one-person show. I started a conversation with somebody on set today. And, uh, you know, you just never know, man. You just never know. I was talking to some person who I knew from another show. You know, we're just talking about the world for two seconds. She's like, I'm a little worried about communism. I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, I talked to some people that I know, a couple of people I know from Cuba said it's happening. And I'm like, what are you talking about? So like communism in America? Yeah, we're it's it's going communist. I'm like, what are you what are you even talking about? She's like, well, I don't know. I'd like to hear your opinion. I'm like, this doesn't sound like one of those opinion talks. This sounds like cuckoo time. And then I realized, like, there's like there's I think there's a few questions you can ask when somebody says something like that. When somebody says something provocative that you're not sure where they're going with it, though, I I got a pretty good idea. There just should be like a a quiz where you can just be like, hey, like before I get into this discussion with you, can I just ask you a couple questions? Do do you believe in global warming? Uh huh. Uh, do you believe that vaccines work? Do you believe there is a deep state? Do you think there was election fraud? Like, I had two out of four. You could do two out of four of those. You can sort of go like, all right, you know what? Um, thank you for answering those questions with the, the yes or no uh, part of this. And I don't think, I think I'm going to pass on the, the bigger discussion. Because, um, I don't know, it's time I'm not going to get back. And uh, you're a dum-dum. 
But as I said, I don't know where that, the person I was talking to, I don't know where that was going because I pulled out. I, I pulled the ripcord before I even got into it because I can get pretty worked up and, uh, you know, you ain't going to change any minds, you know, especially the ones that are on lockdown. I've known Brad Williams for a long time. Uh, he's a funny man. He's a little person, which is exciting. This is the first time I've talked to a little person on the show. So this is a first, a historic first. And uh, as I said earlier, he's, you can see his specials, uh, fun size, daddy issues. He's been on The Degenerates. He's got, you know, we're just going to do the thing that we do here. Comedian talk. This is me and Brad Williams. It's so rare to have people in person. I know it's weird, right? Yeah, I mean, I see people, but I don't do this much. I don't do the podcast with humans that much. No, no, no one's coming over here. They all do the Zoom stuff with you. They do. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's weird. Do you find yourself when you actually have a personal moment with either uh, like a gardener or someone who works fast food you like hang on to the conversation a little too long because you're like ah yeah yeah humans in interpersonal communication we're talking like people i miss this (laughs) i miss you i've never met you before in my life i miss this you're so important to me right now (laughs) yeah no i i find that like oh thank you for bringing me these macaroons your wife made now i gotta try one on mike because people love that more than anything they oh. love when you eat on mic. <laughs> Is this like some weird no, ASMR? They fucking hate it. <laughs> there's some pe- <laughs> There's some people where you you eat on mic and it's like it's the worst thing. It's like it's like nails on a chalkboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, they're great. Oh, well, she's a she's a great baker. Really? Yeah. Is that her thing? I mean, it's one of her things. Uh, but not it's not a profession. Yeah, yeah, no, she's a behavioral therapist. Oh man, how's that helping you? Uh, great. Uh, <laughs> Are you behaving yourself? Yes. Um, well, like I grew up, my dad's a lawyer, so I'm just used to not winning arguments, and uh, it, it's just a nice little. I I went from being living with my dad and never winning an argument, and then I I live with my wife, and she 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 has trained me to lose arguments because she because she's a behavioral therapist. I I I I, I accept defeat well. Um, <laughs> And then yeah, she yeah. and and also we're comics, so we're right. used to bombing. We're we're, we're used uh, to being told no, yeah. and we're and we're used to walking into a club owner's office and being like, "Hey, I sold two hundred tickets." Or like, "You sold five, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. And, bye, thanks, okay." So the rest was paper, no problem. <laughs> Did you guys make your money though? Did you guys do all right? As you're long gonna, as you guys are good, you're gonna have me back, right? Okay. Oh, the worst. <laughs> I don't, I don't miss that shit. I, was, I just read that book. Did you read that book by that kid? Oh, which one? Sam Talent. No, I haven't read it yet. Do you know about it? Yeah, I know. I know all the comics are talking about it. Yeah, I gotta, me t- well, I mean, I, I gotta start reading. There's it. comics in it. He kind of yeah. blends real life with uh, with the fiction. Mm. So there's like these weird appearances by guys like Rick Kearns. I mean, that's a that's a that's a deep cut, man. Rick Kearns. Rick Kearns. Hey, Marin, what's going on? Not not a lot of stories about Rick Kearns going around. Well, that, I, I think there are plenty of stories about Rick Kearns going around, <laughs> but no, you know nobody knows them. That's what I loved about the Comedy Store doc is that it, it it dove into some people that aren't. Yeah, we all know Letterman, Kennison. <laughs> yeah, but we all know those stories. Sure, but, but then they dove. They they did some deep 
deep cut stuff. The, G- the Freddie Prince Jimmy Walker thing, where they go over to John Travolta's with that crossbow. I mean, <laughs> fuck, dude. That was the best. Like, can you imagine getting that call? We're going over there. And I'm like, what? <laughs> but you go. Like, that was the funny thing about Walker. He's like, he went. Yeah, he went. He, 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 like, because what do you do? Say no? Yeah, you got to go. No, you got to go and at least witness a murder or maybe stop it. I don't know. But Kearns, there was a, he told me a, there's a great Rick Kearns story about how, like, you know, he kind of, he made, he sort of made a show for himself in uh, one of the San Francisco comedy competitions. He's a, he mm-hmm. was, a, he was out here. He's a Denver guy. He was around. You know, I've known him, but. So he gets a an appointment for a general at a at like I think it's CBS or something. Okay, but he comes down. He's got no fucking car. He's drunk. He's got to take a bus. So it was just this whole story about how he meets the, the brass. He has a great meeting, and then he has to go sit at the bus stop. And the guy who he had the meeting with drives by him. Oh, at the bus stop and just see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. hey buddy. It, is is it weird that I get uh, a strange sense of pleasure? about people that have it they 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 have yeah it and then they blow it for some weird reason or they get in their own way like i i, oh, no, I it's i'm like, fascinated I'm, with stories like fascinated that. is a nice word when you yeah. do comedy long enough you're like no that didn't work out huh? <laughs> <laughs> like uh you know what this is actually first of all thank you so much for having me secondly this is my th- th- my first time on the podcast second time i've been mentioned though oh yeah i was mentioned during the gallagher uh interview you were yeah at some point i it's right before did i do it or he did it he did it (laughs) right before he he leaves yeah uh you're saying that he does something about like well he's making a certain kind of joke that's not good or he shouldn't make right or something like that yeah and he yells out i saw a midget comic last week tell a bunch of midget jokes i should be able to he's talking about me <laughs> because i was at crackers in indianapolis oh i'm sorry and, and, yeah me too. me too that used uh, to be a good place i know right? and then one of the staff comes back and goes hey gallagher's here and i go huh <laughs> <laughs> they go, no, Gallagher's here. Like, oh, okay. Does he want to do time or <laughs> did he bring his shit? <laughs> what, like, do I have to go on after the sledgematic? Like, yeah. it, it, wait, it, are we going to have a sledgematic followed by dwarf comedy night? Like, that just seems <laughs> is he gonna, pretty great. Is he going to take the hammer to the dwarf? Yeah. What, right. the, 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 does he think he hits me and I explode into confetti? What, what happens here? <laughs> and they go and they talk to him. And he goes, no, he's just here to see the show. Weird. And you're, I'm, I'm like, what? and I'm a pretty new comic. I, I've just, I've just been, he- just been headlining a few years at that point. Yeah. So I'm on stage, and he's like second row. Oh, so you can see him. You could. I'm seeing Gallagher. That's the worst. While on and, and stage, I bet you he wasn't laughing, right? Just looking at you. No. <laughs> he, but and then I talked to him afterward. He's like, "Yeah, my wife loves your the 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 date that he was with. Okay, wife or something. Yeah, she was the fan. Oh, okay. So she brought him, and then Ugh. and then I started thinking to myself, oh God, like because imagine you're in that situation where your partner goes like, "Hey, we're gonna go see a comic, right?" And, and you have to sit there in the audience and watch another and comic and kill. You, and you know, like the last thing you would do is sit close, though, especially if you're a known guy. You're you don't Gallagher do, for God's sake! You don't want to do that to the guy. Yeah, you and, know it's gonna fuck him up. Yeah, I, I don't want and like I can never do that because no. look at me, I kind of stand out in a crowd. Yeah, you don't just scan in your, in your way. Yeah, you don't just scan the audience and go, "Yeah, that's normal." Like, yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> but I, yeah, he was. Um, I don't know. I tried. I, I haven't really rethunk that episode. I don't mm-hmm. think I have any regrets about it. I was trying to make a point. 
Right. But uh, but yeah, it's the worst when there are other comics. But Broad Ripple, man, I see. I'm, I'm in this weird zone because of the quarantine where I'm like yeah. getting not nostalgic. But I'm thinking, like, how did I fucking get here? What have I been through? I'm going to go. I actually yeah. have all of my date books going back to the 80s up there in the attic in here. Yeah. And I just want to go through and see if I can remember the rooms oh. of all those one-nighters and weird shit that we did or that I had to do. Man, well, I could. you probably haven't been there for a while. I'm still doing them, so I, so I could tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but like Crackers was an yeah. okay room. All I remember about Crackers was the woman who ran its father drove you to radio. Yes, and I don't know if he. I, th- I think he's passed. I think so. But you know, he's a weird. He had this weird posture. He had mm-hmm. some sort of scoliosis or something. Yeah, and he was just a w- weird little old man. He he'd come pick you up at yep. six in the morning to do Bob and Tom. Yeah, yeah. And uh, isn't see, it just Tom now? Just uh, Tom and it, it, it's Chick. Tom. It, it's Tom, but they don't take bob off the marquee uh, uh really they still say it's the bob and tom show so that's the deal bob made so he gets still gets a few <laughs> a few bucks on the back end something like that i, I don't sh- know maybe they thought the listeners would change the channel if it was just the tom show but it's just weird i have these moments where i have these memories where i would go out back and smoke with fucking bob yeah. like you know because like he's smoking those cigarettes all the fucking time yeah. so that goes back over 10 years since i smoked a cigarette but just like going wow. out in that cold air in fucking indiana and fucking smoking cigarettes with Bob when the, and then I think I remember doing that show before they moved to the fancy studio. Oh, because I've only done it in in the, in the fancy, fancy studio. Yeah, the one yeah. that they built for them out right. in the middle of a cornfield. Yeah, that's uh, that's about five minutes away from uh, Tom's house. Like, no, oh no, shit. Yeah, Tom's compound with the nine kids, four ex wives or whatever. <laughs> you know what? I, got, I don't know. You're still working. I'm sorry. I got yeah. I'm still working. I can't. I gotta go back to these shows, Mark. I don't mind that guy. I I've 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 got the Netflix half hour, Mark. Yeah, half hour. I don't yeah, have okay. the hour yet. I can't burn all the bridges. <laughs> can't fuck with Tom. <laughs> I don't have any problem with them. He's you know yeah. he's a good radio guy, and I appreciate radio guys. I briefly did radio. Me very, too. Very. I did very radio briefly. for a year and a half. I fucking loved it. Yeah. Were you the Were you the funny guy? The funny. Uh... I tried to be. Now what? Now what? Can we say dwarf? Sure. Dwarf is okay. Yeah. Yeah. Dwarf. What's, what's the bad one? Uh, midget's the bad one. <laughs> That's the one where they protest you. And I tell you, man, I and you. I've been protested by midgets. That it was not fun. I, I, it's a, it's a lot of a, it's a weird anger. I would imagine that comes from a bunch of little people. Little people's good, right? Yeah, that that's the yeah little person or person of short stature is the ultra safe. Short stature, P- yeah, man. That, I still tell that story when we we were doing you and I were doing that live O and A. Oh, and that was so good. Dude, with that, that was so good. That beat he had when you told the story that you might be telling me now. Yeah. Because uh, they, that you were an Uncle Tom thumb. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> that was the best fucking. That, that, that's, that's one of the best one liners I've ever heard. So quick. Uncle Tom thumb. That was crazy. So good. It, it's also one of those things where, as a dwarf comic, when, when you hear another dwarf joke that I haven't written yet, I'm like, damn it. How did I miss that one, Uncle Tom Thumb? But what was it? What? How? What was the protest about? Yeah. Oh, because uh, did, now you talk about shithole comedy clubs. I can talk about this one because it went out of business, and I don't have to worry Which about one. Uh, Joey's Comedy Club in Livonia, Michigan. Never did it. Okay. Uh, good. Good. Good on you, sir. Yeah. Um. They. It gets passed around the local LPA, which stands for Little People of America. It gets passed around that I'm performing there and that I say the word midget during my act, which I do, uh, because personally, I don't see anything 
wrong with like I've I've talked about it, but like I don't mind the word. I I I don't want a word to have power over me. I don't want like if you call me a midget now it's like oh god that's that word now I have to fight you. You know, right. or, it's a weird thing. Like even with like the word Jew for me, mm-hmm. like I'll I'll use it in kind of a negative way. Like I'm yeah. Jew. You know, mm-hmm. it, it is a way to say it, but. I can only take it from even people I know really well. I'm kind of sensitive to how they say Jew. So I imagine yeah. that friends of yours can say, I imagine if Adam said midget, yeah. maybe you'd be all right. Yeah, fine. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I don't care. It's not loaded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, it, it, and to me, it's all about context because I've literally been uh, in in uh, Odessa, Texas. I was chased by some guys in a pickup truck <laughs> Come on. who were- yelling out like kill the dwarf why and when yeah that's the more pc term but i think kill is the part that bothers me <laughs> what did you do to make them upset uh i i kicked them out of the show it was uh, they were just being they were just being they had this uh two for one beer thing i don't know so you had them kicked out yeah and then they waited and then they ch- and then they, two they dudes me. waited to kill the dwarf yeah <laughs> which sounds like one of those old games that we can't play anymore because it's not PC. Like, we used to be able to play Smear the Queer. Now we can't play Smear the Queer anymore because that's not PC. We used to be able to play Kill the Dwarf. So, but like, when, when the guy, when when we walk out to go to our cars after the show and the guy yells, Kill the Dwarf! I, I'm not stopping, like, thank you for using the proper nomenclature. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I'm not doing that. So, yeah. um, uh, Livonia, Michigan. They find out that I'm performing. They 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 know that I say the word midget. So they uh, a, a a group of them. I'll tell the real story, not the joke story. All right. The the group of them show up and they're outside of the comedy club and they have picket signs. Dwarves. Yeah, dwarves. I mean the the the, the, the little the, people. Yeah, the joke is like yeah, they weren't picket signs. They're three by five cards. <laughs> but like you know they're out they're out, they're out there and and they're and they're protesting the show. They're they're saying don't go see this show because which to people walking in must have been just the best. They thought, they, yeah. <laughs> if you're walking sorry, in and you're seeing a dwarf comic and there's dwarves protesting, you're like, this is some meta shit. Like, <laughs> this is some how good... many were protesting? It's a... oh god. Uh, I'm sorry. It's just sad that that there's no way like dwarves doing anything isn't going to be a little funny. And that's my point. <laughs> It's funny. Yes, I'm. I'm. I'm sad that I that I've said something or that they think I say something that makes them upset. Sure, that I don't want to make anyone upset. I I want to make people laugh. That's my goal. But the fact that you're like ten to fifteen little people out there. That's it's funny. Okay, yeah. it's funny. It's so rough. then it, it, you know, and I and I know it's so it's it's a deep one because I think. We don't see that many little people. You just don't. No. And when you do, it's like, you know, it's like a unicorn. Oh, yeah. Even I freak out about it. (laughs) If I see another dwarf, first of all, now, especially if, like, I see another dwarf in a restaurant or something, then I feel insane pressure because now everyone's looking at two dwarves in the restaurant. They're like... Is this a blind date, and they and they are and they're looking for each other? Is it like depending on the sex yeah. and the age? They're like, oh, is this a father son? Are they lost? Are they brothers? Like, how is this possible that there's two in one room? Oh my god, we had three dwarves at my high school. Um, really? Yeah, me and then a brother sister, and uh, and that freaked people out. That freaked people out that there is three. Um, the brother was older, and then when the sister got there. 
everyone went up to the brother like, hey, there's another dwarf. You should go try to. And he's like, my sister. Right. That's my sister. Can't no. What you asshole? But the weird thing is, it's like I don't, I don't, I would never like. I understand racism. Sure. I understand sexism. Mm-hmm. I understand uh, anti-Semitism. All I under, I understand all the uh, the bad isms. Yeah. But like nobody hates a dwarf. <laughs> so like, like I just, I mean, I can understand that. <laughs> That's gonna be the name of my next special. Nobody hates a dwarf. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> But you know, it's like it's more of a fascination. There's yeah. like a an endearing. Like I think the diminishing quality is that like it's so cute. Yes, and or, or one being thi- referred to as it. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. Would be a problem. Look at it. Yeah, one of the things about what I've noticed and why it's sort of uh, not okay to make fun of dwarves, but no one really gets mad at you that much. Like it's one of the last right. groups that it's kind of safe to make jokes about. Is that we're not a threat. Like if you make like if if there's a group of four people of a certain race in a, a crowd and you make the wrong joke, yeah, there is the fear of like, oh, they could they could hurt me. Four four dwarves in the audience, yeah. Come what are on. you gonna do? What, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Try it. Yeah, I I can't I can't I I, I don't fight. We're not. Yeah, but also I guess yeah. the idea that like people are touching you and picking you up and stuff does that happen? Oh yeah. <laughs> yes, Mark. Okay, so. <laughs> This is a okay. this is a joke, but serious. Okay? okay. Yeah. So at the end of my shows, in the in the before time, uh, I would I do the meet and greets. I go out. I go outside. I I yeah. I hawk my T-shirts and my DVDs to try to make a couple extra bucks. And uh, I have to say at the end of my show, okay, I'm gonna be out there. I have a rule: you cannot pick me up. And you're laughing, and I, and I get it, but like they're. Whenever I do it, there's always a oh, like that, like I, I, Come on. audibly, you can hear this noise uh, in the crowd. Just, oh, uh, I thought we could, I thought we could pick him up. Like he's like, no, I'm a human being. I'm a 36 year old man. I'm a father. You know, you don't just get to like, ah, like you don't just get to, and, and, and yeah, like um, I had a, I I I had a horrible back injury because I did I did a show one time. And um, so this woman comes up to me and they want to take a photo afterward. And she goes, I want a really funny photo, a fun photo. And I'm looking at the girl and she's like, she, she's a buck 15 yeah. soaking wet, really tiny girl. Yeah. So I go, okay. And I kind of grab her and put her in a, fi- in a fireman's carry where yeah. I'm, she's just over my shoulders and right. I'm holding her up. Great photo. Yeah. Her boyfriend, much larger, yeah. goes... Oh, I want to. I want that photo. Uh, jumps on me. Come on. Just jumps on my back. I was out, Mark, for like a year and a half, just doing physical therapy and like. Really? Yeah. Like I would go on the road and I would just do stretches in the hotel room and like. Was it something that happened because of the way you're built? I have no idea. Backs are so fucked up. Yeah. It, so when did you know that you were- <laughs> when I was a dwarf? <laughs> Pretty early. <laughs> I didn't, you know, that's the, okay. I, I, I tell this, yeah. I have to tell this COVID joke yeah. and cause it, because it's a real story. Okay. I, I, I was at, I was at a grocery store yeah. and a kid in a grocery store looked at me and just yelled out, look what it did to him. 
<laughs> a kid. A kid. He just put that together. Yeah. He so decided. He thought that I was walking around pre-COVID, like six foot two, loving life. That's hilarious. Someone coughed on me, and then like that, like that, God, like that happened. God bless the children. Oh, they are so honest. But was it one of those things where you weren't growing and you didn't know? And there must have been a window there where you were like, you know, did you have to be told by your folks? Yeah. So. Uh, my parents, not dwarves, just throwing that out there. Like we don't How have. How does that happen then? I know. <laughs> you're, t- you're asking me. I don't, I don't know. I'm it's not genetic, a... isn't it? Yes. Uh, it it's a recessive gene from uh from what I know. And uh, so yeah, my but my parents are not dwarves. You know, yeah. we, don't, we we don't all have to come from the same tribe. Right. And uh, so when I was born, um, my dad very early, very early. He knew that I would be made fun of. He knew yeah. the world is a very cruel place. Right. So his philosophy was, I'm going to make fun of my son first, but in a supportive way. Yeah. Like he would crack on me when I was like three, four years old, and then he would say, okay, now hit me back with something. Like he taught me how to bust balls. Right. So then by the time I got to school and kids made fun of me, I had comebacks like oh, good. written. So ready. They, so you you were forced to be reckoned with. Yeah, you got the respect. Yeah. So that and I think my dad had a really good positive way of looking at it. Of he didn't try to ignore it and pretend it didn't exist. I was always raised with yes, you are a little person. You are different. Life is not going to be the same for you. Right. But yeah, you can still lead a very good life. My dad was the one who, who told me that when I meet someone. Start with a dwarf joke. Like right. try to slip in a dwarf joke really yeah. fast. That was, way they're comfortable. Like lighten the lighten the tension. Yeah, break yeah, the, yeah. Break the tension. Yeah, because then because yeah. the, then the person's just staring at me like, do I say anything? Why uh, does he know? <laughs> I I tell you the 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 little people I've met and there's not a ton of them all mm-hmm. seem pretty well adjusted. I don't know why. Yeah, but I, I guess. <laughs> But they are. I mean, I guess there's an acceptance that that uh, that you have to live with, yeah. You know, from very early on, that most people don't have to kind of reckon with. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is kind of like I hinted at it before that I never was anything else. I don't right, know what right, the right, average right, size right. There's life no fiction is. It. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> oh, I mean, now there might be. Really? Yeah. There's a, uh, there's a new experimental treatment that you can give to children um, between the ages of three and ten. Really? Yeah. That are already have the dwarfism? Yeah. That huh. they, they have dwarfism. It's an injection, and uh, it doesn't cure, like, it, it, it but... I, I'm not sure the full effects of this, so I, yeah. I don't want to say it wrong, but it some of the health problems associated with dwarfism, it lessens that. It's still in phase three of testing, mm. but uh, it's interesting. Yeah. What are health problems? Uh, back problems. Right. Um, we have some neck problems, mm. uh, respiratory problems. Really? Um, COVID's scary. Yeah, right? Mm. Uh, hearing problems sometimes. But yeah, uh, there's more than just your small. And and that's just my type of dwarfism. There's over 100 different types of dwarfism. 100 different types? Yeah, well, it's a genetic Is mutation. there condescension with, within the community <laughs> of, of what type of dwarf you of are? Of course. Of course there is. <laughs> oh, no. That, that's why when they talk about how like we need to end people judging people by being by being different, it's like, yeah, yeah that'd be nice. Yeah. But like within... like. You know, like uh, there's sects of the same uh, religion that right. fight with each other right. because right. they believe slightly different things. Sure. Yes, some dwarves don't like other dwarves, or they make fun of other dwarves because they're other the only types of dwarves. Yeah, because they're the only ones that we can make fun of. You know. Have you now? Uh, this is a dumb thing, but are there there's some 
Is there some place that you all congregate? <laughs> <laughs> Depends on what country. Uh, there's rumors. Every town, I, every city I go to, someone always tells me. I guess it's a sort of, is there a support situation? Yes. yes. Right. There is LPA, uh, the same group that got together to protest me is actually a really good group. I don't besmirch them at all. They, they, they're they doing amazing things. Um, LPA, Little People of America. Yeah. Um, they have a national convention every summer. Uh, I, I, I used to go to them when I was a kid. You did? Yeah, o- over a thousand dwarves in one hotel. Wow. Yeah, which I, I always make the joke of like, that's got to be really weird for the person that's just staying there on the business trip. <laughs> they they just walk in. It's like, okay, <laughs> what, what, what happened? Man, here? I drank too much. <laughs> Woke up in the Wizard of Oz. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah oh God, there's got. I, I think there's an old Geraldo joke that's that's something like that. Probably because he was fucking brilliant. But uh, Yeah, but uh, yeah. So there's that support system and. Yeah. Uh, they do a lot of things like they get doctors together that um, have that specialize in dwarfism. They do a lot of social stuff. Uh, they do sporting events, which once again is so great that they do. Very funny. I, yeah, I mean, really funny. Yeah, and, and there's there can't be anything wrong with the laughter that comes from that. Come on. I've been to dwarf track meets, Mark. Yeah, they're I mean, hilarious. But it's—I think it's just the—the—it's the, just the heartbreaking earnestness of it. Yeah, that—that that, you know—that's what makes the laughter a little dubious. <laughs> is that you, what you're laughing at? Is—is—is is, is these people trying? Yeah, and and that—that's sort of a little cold, but it, sure. it's human. It's like it's, it's I think human. it's sympathetic. Come on, it, it, it's like. No one, at least no person of sane nature is saying that these people are less than or yeah. they deserve less or yeah. anything like that. It's just like, okay, but there's funny things to be had. Like, yes, there are basketball games, but none of us know how to rebound because we've never had to rebound before. We've never gotten a rebound. So the the, the, the ball misses and we just all stand there with our arms out like a basket just going like, all right, I'm, I just wait. And the ball comes down, right? Like we're we're not skying over anybody else yeah, and yeah. grabbing the ball at its high, at its highest point. What's that other guy's name? The guy who hangs around the comedy store. Oh, uh, Nick Navicki. Yeah, how's he doing? He's great. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's funny because I met Nick years ago. You guys got the same dwarfism? Uh, I think I, he's a little different. Because I have achondroplasia. That's the most common type. If you've seen a dwarf on television, uh, like it's the same kind of. Uh, type that Peter Dinklage has he, for sure, right? Yeah, Peter he has Dinklage, a con- yeah, and uh, he's got a contemplation, but not the kind the guy from uh, the mini me, yeah, Vern, uh, yeah, yeah Vern Troyer, he's uh, dead, right? Yeah, he, yeah, he's passed, uh, but yeah, he had a different type of dwarfism. I'm, I'm not quite sure what it is. So, when you're going to high school and you're doing things, I mean, mm-hmm. what what are you moving towards? What's your interest? Oh, like, how does that work? Were uh, you a nerd or were you like- I was a drama nerd. I was I was big into theater. Were you? And uh, comedy sports, which is the improv, improv comedy. Yeah. In high school? Yeah. Loved it. And, really? And uh, and wrestling. I huh. was I was really into wrestling. I uh, was on the wrestling team. Um, and I'll tell, you, I'll tell you one thing, Mark. Yeah. I've gotten a few really good reactions on stage, a few good laughs. Right. Nothing, nothing will ever compare to the look on a father's face when his son just got pinned by a dwarf. <laughs> nothing. 
nothing beats that. Just the just the disappointment. Just the oh god. <laughs> just kid, the, <laughs> you've given that kid something he's got to live with. Yeah, for the rest of his life. Yeah, you got pinned by a dwarf. <laughs> How's that car ride on the way home? Oh, hey, man. Dad, you proud of me? How's, how's that life? <laughs> how's that knowing that? The dad, that's something that Dad probably like yells out. I like see that, that the, though, the kid's like, whole life. I mean, you've got to be, because they can't, you know, maneuver on the same level as you. Yeah, L- low center of gravity. Uh, yeah, there a lot. Uh, there's a lot of dwarves that actually go into wrestling for that reason, and I'm talking about amateur wrestling not wwe a, right. uh, aew type stuff but yeah uh some dwarfs do that too uh but yeah so i did wrestling in high school but mostly theater and loved it Just, yeah it was great i had a great teacher that uh, it, uh her name is mary krell oishi and the freshman year i tried to audition for the school play and i and i auditioned for the kid because i thought ah, dwarf kid right i'll try yeah and she pulled me aside and went what the fuck are you doing like why? Like why are you going for the kid? Huh? And I was like, well, because I'm small, so yeah. kid. That makes sense. Yeah. She goes, kid sized. No. Yeah. She goes, no, go for the lead. She's like, you're. I'm gonna cast based on talent, not based on you know size and physical appearance. Right. And uh, I I didn't get the lead, but I didn't get the kid, so I was I was stoked about it. No, and it's a nice boost to uh, normalizing your fucking personhood. Yeah, and sometimes you need that. Like it, it was great to have a person look at me and then say, "No, no, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna judge you like that." Well, I think that's the whole, that's the essence of why it's problematic. The laughter at uh, little mm-hmm. people trying to do things and everything else is that, you know, you're grown ups, yeah, and you know, you're 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 people that you know have lives and work. It, it, it's like people. It's very. It's literally an objectification thing. Yeah. It's just not. It's not necessarily sexual. It's just sort of look at the toy person. Oh, it can be sexual, yeah, Mark. Really? Oh, so, there's there's certain people that are banned from going to the LPA conventions because they uh, have fetishes. Really? Yeah. Like little people? No, no, no. Like tall people that they, they come, come. Yeah. That, that well, they come to try to come. Oh my god. Yeah. They they come to try to pick up on the little people, and it's like ooh. That's, yeah. That's <laughs> which cr- I like. L- listen, uh, I've. In my in my single days, mm. sure, I uh, had some fun with uh, women that had a curiosity. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that, and and to me, people would be like, "Oh, they're objectifying you." I'd be like, "I had an orgasm. How is yeah. that objectifying me?" I no, that, I mean, I think that's different. How do yeah. you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, fetish is fetish, sure, but it's like some people like Jews, some people like black dudes. Yeah, some people like people with one hand. Yeah, you know? I mean, it's not. I mean, if if you on if you go on Pornhub, there's some people that like some really weird shit. Yeah, I try to stay out of there. <laughs> there's a few things I don't need to know. But uh, <laughs> so when you get out of High school? Did you, did you mm-hmm. go to college? Did you have yeah. a, a trajectory you were going for? I went. Uh, I went to USC down here. Yeah. Where'd you grow up? Uh, Orange County. Oh, so it's not far. No, no, no not far at all. Uh, and I was going. So on a lunatics up there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot. A certain type. Certain type. Rich lunatics. Mm-hmm. Huh. <laughs> I'm related to some of them. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and, and good and good friends with others. I I remember my mom would tell me stories. That like when they brought me home from the hospital, she had some friends that would go up to her and be like, "Don't worry, he'll probably grow out of it." Yeah, he'll stretch out. Yeah, <laughs> she, and she kept going. Ah, dwarfism. I don't think you understand. Do you have siblings? Yes, uh, I have a sister. She's tall. Uh-huh. Uh, she's an accountant. She's uh-huh. really good. Yeah, and uh, she's got a husband, and they got two kids. Like, 
eh, we're like we're the Beaver Cleaver family. Like sure. eh, mom, dad, the mom and dad are still together. Sister, brother. I'm the I'm I'm the weird thing. <laughs> but you're not really weird. You're just different size and shape. Yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, so uh, yeah, grew up in Orange County. Uh, worked at Disneyland. Did- no, no, as it was- no, haha, no. Uh, yeah, I was not one of the seven, Mark. All right, no. Okay, I was not in the suit. Yeah, do, do they have? Do, is that a dwarf job? Uh, play the dwarfs? Not usually, because they're kind of no. big, right? Yeah, yeah, they're they're larger, but there were some little people that played. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I'm, I'm allowed to say this, it breaks the magic. Uh, but there were some little people that played Mickey. And mini. Oh, really? Uh, they're usually smaller. Are they? Um, are there little people jobs? Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't really. I mean, done you're them. a comic, you know. I know. But yeah. Like I imagine. There, I was wondering if there are jobs that require. I know that in World War II, uh, to save space and resources, dwarves were recruited in the Air Force to be gunners. They oh, really? Were, there would be a bubble. Uh, below the plane, right, and then the dwarf was put in the, the bubble, the worst place. Yeah, because <laughs> we fit, and it saved money on materials or whatever. No so kidding. yeah, I I know that that would be a dwarf job. Yeah, uh, not a great job. So all right, so you were working at Disneyland in what capacity? Uh, I was a bodyguard for the characters. Really? Yeah. So I, I walk around with the characters and, you know, I form lines and stuff. And every now and then a five-year-old steps out of line, I got to be like, what's up, bitch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Throw a little forearm What are shiver. you thinking? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, doing that and then go off to USC. I was trying to be a sports broadcaster. Really? That was my, I wanted to do that. Are you a sports freak? Yeah. Love it. What's your, what's the, what uh, are the ones? Any of them? Are you one of those people that just watches any sport and you're like in? Uh, not to say I was watching uh, Korean soccer when all of our Sports were shut down, but I may have been watching Korean soccer when all of our sports were, you just were like shut it. down. I just like sports. Yeah. I I don't know. It's just God, the- You could have been a sports You still can. I mean, you, you never know. Yeah. Uh, I could certainly do it. I'm, 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 I'm friends with some people that do it, so they so they might be able to hook me up. But yeah, uh, go, going to USC to do that, and then at uh, 19, uh, stumbled into a comedy club, and life changed. Yeah, <laughs> what happened? Uh, I took my dad- to the Brea Improv, and right. uh, the comedian on stage was making dwarf jokes without knowing that I was there. Who's that? Uh, Mencia. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You, I forget. You, you, you got. You're kind of like a. You and Bobby Lee are Mencia. Yeah. Uh, prodigies. Yes. Uh, we 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 came from that coaching tree. Right. Um. So yeah, he he was on stage, and half the audience is laughing, and the audience that's sitting by me is like not laughing at all right and mincia like looks over and goes why aren't you guys laughing goes what is one of them here (laughs) one of them and i just raised my hand in the air like yeah (laughs) yeah and he called me up on stage he's like i want to talk to you so he he calls me up on stage you caught him that's such a fucking that that is so funny because that's the only thing that an asshole can do diplomatically (laughs) to to make him not look like a dick it's like he got caught (laughs) red-handed Being a butt, you know, being a dick, and now he's got to erase it by being magnanimous. To be fair, I I really enjoyed the jokes. No, no, I uh, yeah. yeah, right. But I but I'm saying that like you you know when you know that moment where you're like oh, oh yeah fuck and you got to be like so what's going on man yeah you know <laughs> so he brought me up on stage and yeah. he started and he started asking me questions and I answered the questions earnestly I answered yeah. them honestly and my answers got laughs right like he said like where do you work and I go I'm work at disneyland and the audience laughed and i went you know i had turned to them and had a right. had a retort of some kind yeah and uh 
and just that was that was the shot that we're we're out where I was like, oh man, this is this feels really good. Yeah, like because it's a whole different type of thing when you're the you're the person that everyone likes to laugh at, and now you're making the jokes and making them laugh, so you're controlling the message. Right. It's. I think Harry Shearer said it to me that it's you control the reason why people are laughing at you. Right. Yeah. And it's pretty great. Yeah. And uh, so I I told Mencia that night. I go. I'm 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 going to be a comedian. This is awesome. Yeah. And he goes. Okay. Yeah. Good right. luck. Yeah. So I started doing it. My what, fir- open mics. Yeah. Where at first first oh first open mic night was at the Laugh Factory. Uh huh. And uh, a few open mics in two open mic stories i remember the first time i got there how long ago was this this was 17 years ago you've been doing it that long yeah i know i look fantastic you're an old timer man (laughs) it's weird when you cross that point and you pause and go oh i'm not the kid anymore yeah now i'm the guy that's veteran yeah i'm the guy that's been doing it uh i remember going to the laugh factory and it's my first time and some guys there going like, "Hey, is it your? Uh, how many times you been doing? How many times you?" And then he goes to me, and I, I go, "I go, it's my first time." He goes, "Well, don't worry, I've been doing this open mic for twelve years. <laughs> do what I do, you'll be fine." I'll go, "I don't want to do what you do. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Be- I don't want to be here in twelve years. I'll do what I'll do the opposite of what is you that do." Dude, still there? Probably. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I remember like my third or fourth open mic at the Laugh Factory, Jamie called me up to his office. Jamie, who owns the Laugh Factory. Jamie Masada, yeah. Jamie Masada, and he goes, buddy, here's what we do, buddy. We have little people comedy night, buddy. Uh, All little people comic. Yeah. All little people in audience, buddy. (laughs) Really? Now, how many are there of you guys? I only know that. Not enough to fill an audience. And also, but I I know that woman, the... uh, Who's that woman? She has a different type of dwarfism. Oh, Tanya Lee Davis? Yeah. Yeah, uh, she's awesome. Yeah. I love her. She, every time I think I'm the first dwarf to do something in comedy, yeah, she Tan, did it. Tanya Lee did it first. I right. thought I was the first guy, the first dwarf to have his name on the comedy store. Nope. Tanya Lee Davis. Yeah. Right there. It's actually on there twice. Oh, really? I don't know if that's like, I don't know why, but she's on there twice. It's crazy. Uh, so she's awesome. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I started doing open mics fast forward to about a year and a half in i go back to see an, another mencia show he sees me before the show and goes oh you're that guy yeah and uh, did you ever start doing stand-up i go yeah i've been doing it for about a year and a half and he goes why don't you open my show tonight and i'm like oh shit okay i've just been doing coffee shops and were you doing like a guest spot or yeah like, okay guest spot 10 minutes <laughs> three oh, yeah <laughs> three to five right so I uh, I go on stage. I do my guest spot. I come off stage. Mencia goes on stage. Yeah, and says uh, he he wasn't even supposed to go on it at that point, and he just ran up on stage. and goes, "Hey, yeah, did you guys like Brad?" And the audience really cheered. And, yeah, and uh, he goes, "Cool, you've made a very important decision for me. Um, I, I've been looking for like a new opener. My current opener is ready to start." headlining and right. going off and doing Who his was that? Uh, tr- uh Steve Trevino. Oh, yeah. So it's like, he's ready. He's good. He looks at me and just goes, Brad, you want to be my new opener? Like, from the stage. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, yes. And the next weekend, he's doing the Fox Theater in Bakersfield, and it's 1,400 people, and I, I've i gone from coffee shops to doing that. 
Really? Yeah. And you toured with Carlos. Yeah, for like four years. Man, that's a so you kind of skipped a big step. Huge. No, I, I'm I'm fully aware of that. That does not happen in comedy. Huh. I'm fully aware of that. In retrospect, is it was it mm -hmm. beneficial, or do you think you would have liked to have come up through the ranks in the clubs and built a following that way? Uh, I see the pros and cons in both. Uh huh. You know, uh, it was great to have real audiences and um, being able to because a lot of times when you start off, it's just other co uh, uh, other comics. Yeah. That are in the audience, so it's tough to really gauge. Uh, if your joke is really good or not, because are they laughing or are they laughing because you're bombing? Are they, you know, or, or do, right. they, do they think if they laugh, you're going to get the spot and they're not? Mm. Um, but so in that way, it was very beneficial. But I immediately went on the road, got good. So I didn't really develop those friendships and that camaraderie around the around the L.A. scene. Right. Uh, and then when his shit hit the fan, you got lumped in. Some of it. Yeah. Some of it. Yeah. Was he active in mentoring you? Yeah. Like how? Like I would do a set, and then we would talk about the set and why 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 it was good, why it was bad, where I could have yeah where I could have done wrong. And it was almost impossible better. for him to steal your midget. <laughs> It'd be really hard. It'd be really difficult to be to to to, to go yeah. on stage. You're like the only opener. He wasn't yeah. really able. Yeah, it's like it'd be really hard to go on after the dwarf and be like, it's tough being a midget. Like it'd be really it'd be kind of a. <laughs> But yeah, it, it's the it's the big midget tour. One thing that one thing that that taught me, hmm. that whole experience taught me, is with that, him or uh, uh, him stealing. Uh, let, let's just say opening for him yeah. and being associated with him right is that uh, shades of gray. Hmm. Uh, I think a lot. I think a lot of people look at certain people or events and things and they want one clear answer this person is good this person is bad right you know yeah that's the problem and it their shades are great because black that, and white thinking yeah because that guy took me on the road he would uh pay for my travel he'd pay for my food when we went shopping he'd say throw whatever you want on my pile yeah i i, I gotcha that guy was insanely generous to me straight up with you yeah. No, I mean, also industrious, knows it, you know, was working all kinds of angles, had a lot of ideas. You know, mm -hmm. I, I get it. Put but, me on his TV show. Right. What were some of the things you learned from him? Because I can see him and Bobby. Mm -hmm. But I mean, because Bobby does his delivery. Mm. You know, that kind of weird momentum, that you, you know, <laughs> and it works. You know, it's not, it's, you know, it's, yeah. not, it's not stealing. It's just I can see where Bobby learned these performative tricks. Yeah. One thing that I one thing that I specifically remember learning from him is how to play a, a really large room. Oh, they slow it down. Yeah, and how you can, how you have to mime everything bigger if mm. you're playing like a large theater, right? Or like a or like a sold out room, or if you're pretending to be Mexican, you have to. You gotta make it <laughs> I did learn that. Uh, I know a lot about Mexican food. I can do that really well. Uh, but yeah. So yeah, it, it's shade, it's shades of gray. I, I I think a lot of people, like I said, want want a person to be all good, all bad, all all whatever. And I would say, think about the people in your lives. Like you can say, yeah, the I get that. You know, it's friends. it's really hard as somebody in the community. And I didn't know, like I had to do two interviews with him because I didn't know sure. exactly what you know what had gone down. But but like just like to be so shunned by yeah. your community yeah you know for that something that specific i mean there's been plenty of fucking 
joke stealing freaks in this world mm-hmm. you, you know and there's been all kinds of weirdos that get absorbed by comedy because we're weirdos but yeah but man to be spit out like that with that much uh aggression and then have to try to figure out how to rebuild it for yourself yeah yeah i, I mean, mean i you know i understand he fucked up but i also felt bad yeah and it's a weird thing because now like i'm friends with like i'm friends with joe like right I, like i'm friend- with rogan yeah yeah i'm friends with rogan i'm friends with that crew i'm still friends with mencia yeah so it's like uh it's a weird place to be in where it's like i understand both sides and i've seen and i've seen both sides so it's uh it's very strange to i think like looking back on it like more of it so i think a lot more of it was about those two guys than about anything else that that would make a lot of sense that would make a lot of sense Uh, you know it's like I, i mean i get it but like there's fucking been joke thieves and freaks. Yeah, I mean, I get all of that. Yeah. But it just seems like so much of it was fueled by this fucking cockfight that, you, you know, and territorialism. Mm-hmm. I'm laughing because when you say there's so many joke thieves, I, I, I'm, I'm remembering a story uh, where a dwarf comic came up to me to uh, before one of my shows. Yeah. And said like, hey, I'm a, it, it, it was that Pepper Bear. Uh, You're going to be doing the midget bit because and- I kind of do the. Pepperbellies in Fairfield, California. Guy goes up and does pretty much a lot of my first album. Really? And, and then comes off stage and I'm like, and I'm just kind of staring at him. And there's dwarf jokes and then there's like, no, no, that was the dwarf joke that I wrote. Like right. that. Like, right, right. It's not just the perspective. I, uh, I've i had uh, little people comics open for me before. And we're fine, right? Like, like we could talk. There's a great comic, uh, dwarf comic in Houston, Texas, named Clinton. This is his real last name. I promise you, Clinton Shorter. Perfect. God's funny. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so like he's open for me twice, and we don't have to worry about it. But yeah, there was one comic that opened for me that did my act. And what'd you do? I just kind of, I just kind of looked at him and said, "Oh, you said you were a big fan." He goes, "Yeah, he goes, yeah." It's pretty obvious, right? And, and he didn't get it. He he, he didn't understand that he literally just did my act. Did he know he did it? I don't think he did. Huh. It's weird. It's well, I mean, it's got to be like, you know, on some level, sadly, mm-hmm. in, in this particular situation, mm-hmm. it's probably got to be pretty empowering for that guy. Like in the sense that like, you know, I don't know if he's, no, in a, we- in a weird way, mm-hmm. like I don't know if he's going to make a big success with your act, but I mean, to be <laughs> able to, to do, to have the feelings that that you had. Yeah. You know, around your issues, yeah, to to actually have control over why people laugh at you as a little person, sure, must have been pretty addicting. No, and I get it, and because I I had the same I had the same run, uh, but then for every story like that, what you do to him though? Did oh, you, did you I, tell him I just to told him it? like, yeah, dude, that's my set, so change it up. I understand we're gonna have similar perspectives, but find some different punchlines, and I can't have you opening for me if you're doing your the, the first album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but then there's but then there's another story. Uh, this last Montreal Comedy Festival that I went to, yeah, uh, there's a, there's a dwarf comic up there who came up to me and told me that he had started doing stand up when he heard my albums, and then this is the f- first time he had gotten into the Montreal Comedy Festival, so he was walking up to thank me, and I was like, oh wow, that's cool, like, yeah, man, and that's a trip that like that it could be an inspiration. Yeah, it's a weird thing because we're just doing this to have fun and uh, and and make people laugh, maybe make people think and uh, that. But then when you when you have 
side effects like that, it, it, it really kind of takes oh, yeah. you back for a second. Yeah, it's, it's great. You don't realize you have that impact because we're selfish animals. <laughs> and uh, when, when it turns out we did something nice just by coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's like when people ask us to do... Yeah charity shows and we do and people go oh man thank you so much for doing this for the charity and you're like i still got up here and told my jokes and yeah, yeah. i i i got my rush from it like <laughs> yeah, well, this isn't you, right right it's, i wanted stage time but, yeah uh, what was the charity now, how many times did you see <laughs> comics go up for these shows these benefits at the comedy store what's this for again <laughs> i'm glad to be doing a good thing but i gotta work yeah, out I, my 10 minutes yeah that and i that have to know that, if I have a joke about the thing that I'm right that, right, we're, that yeah. we're raising money for <laughs> so you got how many kids one uh, a brand new spanking baby ten, really 10 month old yeah it, it, it had a baby during quarantine <laughs> well not we Just had her before uh, her and I actually have the same birthday uh, January 13th you and the baby yeah huh she was born on my birthday how great how that's great great is that and now when you're and your your wife physically is nor is yeah. normal. Yeah, she, yeah, she's taller. She's uh five foot seven. And now genetically, was are there concerns? Were there concerns, or is that not a possibility, really? Oh no, it's it's a it's a possibility. Um, there's a really fi uh fifty fifty chance. Really, once yeah. once it's no longer a recessive gene. Mm -hmm. Well, once. I'm sure people will tweet at me the exact oh, odds right. the if they're like geneticists yeah. and Grendel squares and something like yeah, that. Yeah. But yeah, uh, we were told uh, 50-50 chance. And uh -huh. uh, yes, she is a little person. She is? Yeah. She is. I love it. No kidding. Yeah. Uh, my, my wife is Chinese. I'm a dwarf. We have an Asian dwarf baby. And if you want to know what that is, it's the cutest fucking thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Huh. Yeah. And-, and it, you know what? When we found out, because they can actually do tests and find out before she's born. Yeah. Uh, they do ultrasounds and they can measure the limbs and go like, oh, yeah, you're in the whatever percentile. And then the head's very large. Right. So uh, they go like, yep, head, head's big, small arms, small legs. She's a little person. And I actually had a really hard time with that at first. Why? Be because I knew it came from me. Uh-huh. Where if she doesn't like being a dwarf if she has problems being a dwarf, I can't be like, well... I don't know how it happened. Ma yeah, maybe you got it from your mom. I don't know what she was doing before me. Like, like I, 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 I can't say that. Yeah. So, but then uh, a friend of mine uh, named uh, Jensen Carp told me, like, no, 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 this is the absolute best situation. Who better to raise this child right. than you? Yeah. Because you've been through it. You know the things. Mm. So, yeah, the... This kid has the best dad in the world for, for what the, for the life that she's going to live. Well, well, it's interesting. Well, that's a curious thing. Is that like, do you see it as a handicap? I mean, how do, how is it classified? Is it different for everybody? I mean, it is a handicap. Uh, cl it's classified, but as, as it that. is. It so, but it, it's weird because I've had a pretty good run in terms right. of my health. Um, I haven't had a lot of complications or i had one surgery when i was in high school but that was it uh-huh uh just on my ankle and um but i've had a great run i've had friends that have had uh uh multiple surgeries um i have one friend who, just because of the way the body is yeah it's the yeah. way the body structure i i have one friend uh him and his wife are both dwarves and here's the thing if both parents 
pass on the dwarf gene. Yeah. Then the kid is something called a double dwarf dominant, which sounds awesome, but is not. Right. Uh, The kid will usually not live. Mm. And they usually have to take (sighs) bad stuff. And uh, yeah, a friend of mine that's happened to him twice, Uh, him and his wife, and it's awful. It's awful. So the fact, like, so yes, it is a disability and there's some... Uh, dwarves that have different types of dwarfism than me that have a much harder go of it. Right. And yeah. uh, and my heart goes out to them and to see what they do and how they deal with it. Like, it, it's weird that I could look at my situation and be like, wow, yeah, I've had some things not go the way I exactly wanted them to, but at the same time, I'm pretty lucky. Um, but yeah, my daughter has achondroplasia, same type of dwarfism as uh-huh. me. And uh, so far, so good. She's been great. We've seen... Geneticists, we've seen orthopedists, we've seen everyone kind of looking at her, and uh, so far so good. Fingers crossed, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's great. She the beginning of the journey. Uh, she talked. She said her first word. She did. How old is she? Ten months. Yeah, is that is that normal? That seems... I have no idea. <laughs> what was the word? Data. Oh, that's nice. Said it while staring at me. That's good. That's and, good. And then she she's trying to say she's trying she's. She's trying to say mom, but she can't. She's having trouble with the M, so she calls my wife Bob. Uh huh. Like Bob. Bob. Like she's trying to say, but her M sound like B. So right, right. so we go into the, her room in the morning, and she's like, "Dada, Bob." <laughs> it's just kind of like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah. So so I uh, so I'm so I'm raising our, uh, our our daughter with my with my partner Bob. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's funny because she's trying to say mom. She's close. Yeah. She's she's getting there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's a trip, man. Um. Uh, she was born before everything shut down, but then everything shut down, and it's tough because we don't have we don't have people coming over. You know, like we don't have grandparents. Uh, grandparents, like we. Both have, your folks still alive? Yeah, uh, they're yeah they're and they've seen her and they've held her like you know um, outside wearing masks right. and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. But oh, that's good. Yeah, mom can't come over and like do the things that she and help, help us out. Give yeah, us a break. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, it's been rough, but I mean. I know what people say when they say it's, it's like the greatest thing in the world. It absolutely is. It's yeah. also the hardest thing. That's what it seems to me. Yeah. And and what um, what have you been doing? Are you st- you and Adam still going at it or what? Oh, do, doing the podcast. Uh, and you're talking about Adam Ray. We uh, we're, we're not doing the podcast anymore. He is. Um, we we didn't have a Van Halen moment. We didn't split up. I'm yeah. not hating him. Uh, it it was just. Um, I knew that uh, with with the kid coming that right. I would need more time to be a dad and the kid's schedule doesn't, like the kid doesn't care that you've got to interview Susan Sarandon. Right, like, the right. Ki- the kid need, needs a thing. Sure. Needs a thing. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I stepped I stepped away from the podcast. Um, he still does it and uh, it's cool. We're, we're fine. I, I tell this story to people. People are like, oh, so you and Adam like hate each other now? It's like, no, we're yeah. friends. We're, yeah. That's why we started the podcast. We're friends. Right, right. So yeah, all good. And what what do you got going on? Did you, you did a special drop or something? Uh, I've done, um, oh, I did a v- virtual show, like a big thing where everyone bought tickets and like- Did that so, work out? Yeah, it was more fun than I thought it was going to be. No kidding. So yeah. you did it from your house? Yeah, from my house. Got a couple- Lights got a camera there and just stood and um, they they let uh, it's a company called Rush Ticks. They got some great shows coming up. Go um, and uh, they they let like twenty people in as VIPs that you could actually hear them laughing. Uh-huh. So you have something to go off of. Right. 
Uh, but then we had, yeah, we had over 600 people watching the Who show. Who was on the show? Me. Just you? <laughs> Just me. <laughs> so you made a few bucks then? Yeah. 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 I did, did okay. It, it, it was wow, nice. Oh, that's wild. It was nice. I mean- Hey man, uh, people are getting creative in these times, you know. Yeah, I, I'm I'm wary to do. I, I'm glad I do the podcast. I I don't really want to do outdoor shows. I, I just don't feel like it. I totally understand. You I know? mean, and the virtual shows. I don't know. You know, it's just the weirdest thing to me is doing like you know. And I'm not bragging, but yeah, mm-hmm. I get. I had to do the Tonight Show from my backyard, which is <laughs> like you know, who the fuck ever thought that would happen? Yeah. Yeah, and I talked to Obama in my garage in 2016. Now I'm talking to Fallon <laughs> in my backyard, and it's his show. Look, I was ahead of the curve on the fucking a lot of uh, stu- lo-fi business. Here. A lot of stuff has been happening in this house. Uh, yeah, it, it's you know people are adjusting. I, uh, I did some drive-in shows. How were they? It's interesting. How what, do you pace yourself? Uh, what you do is. The, Are they sitting on their cars or in their cars? Both. Yeah. The front row, I did one at the Irvine Improv, and then they did it at the top of their parking structure. Uh-huh. And they have the front row be uh, pickup trucks, mm-hmm. and the trucks turn around, and people are, like, tailgating. Mm. So you can actually see them and hear them laughing, uh, so you can kind of time it out. It's not perfect. It's not a, you know, it's not a sold-out show on a Saturday night, but it's something yeah and for people like myself that uh don't you know um have another source of income right besides this is your wife working uh no because she had to you know she stopped to take care of the kid right and then i was gonna work but then everything shut down so i i had to pivot and do virtual shows and uh drive-in shows hell i'm on cameo (laughs) yeah does that make you any money yeah it did it did pretty well huh people People want dwarves to give them uh, good news, you know, or wish them happy birthday. It's <laughs> is there a category, a dwarf category? Uh, I don't know. Are you just a popular dwarf. I, I yeah, it's like me and Danny Woodburn. Uh, I, I think I think we're the only dwarves on there. I'm probably wrong. There's probably a lot more little people on there, but yeah, you 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 just kind of adjust. And uh, I I don't know. I've I've said this, but I'm sure other other people have made this comparison. But the virtual shows and driving shows, it's like the methadone. It's not. It's no, the, I get it. It's not yeah. the heroin, but yeah, I just like for some reason I'm just happy that like I'm not in a position where I have to do them. But you know, I imagine if you have to, you just adjust. Yeah, you just, you just it, it out. just none of it sounds fun to me. I took a part in something, and it doesn't sound fun to me. <laughs> you know, well, you want it because part of this is you kind of want it to be fun. Yeah, to be fair, Mark, you you weren't the guy that was having a ton of fun before this. I, <laughs> I'm not known as the fun guy. Yeah, so now it's just like worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my fun was no fun. Now it's just no fun, fun. Yeah, it, yeah. But I, know. I, I mean, yeah. you you know, you do what you can. And I've been out there and did a couple of shows in places where they were at like one third capacity, so they were like in a comedy club. So they're spread out. Yeah, I did a uh, hilarities in Cleveland and the Comedy Works in Denver, and that's they, a, such a tiny room. How did that? That must have been odd. So it's not four hundred people; it's one hundred twenty people, or spread out uh, through the room. Yeah. Wild, and it was okay. Yeah. Oh, it it's better than the virtual show because it's. Well, no, I mean, I could, I, I've done the shows for nine people indoors in my life. I mean, I know, <laughs> yeah. You know, there's some nights in the original room where it's, I get it. Right, and that's what it's like. I would do press for the shows, or I would have comics call me up and be like, "Oh man, isn't it weird having the club just a third full?" I'm like, 
I only started selling tickets like a year ago. Yeah, this is not... It's like an 11.30 spot at the original room. Yeah, it's so, fine. Yeah. We're used to it. We're comics. So yeah, well, yeah that, that, I could get that. I could get around that. And they're wearing masks? Uh, sometimes. Yeah. yeah. It's like... I, scary, I, right? Yeah, it's scary. Callan got the shit. Yeah. And what's his name? Uh, Shab. Yeah. yeah. You know those guys? Uh, I know Shab. Did he get over it? Uh, yeah. I mean... They're I, fine? I don't know anyone who's uh, passed from it, but I I know some. I've got like twelve friends that have gotten it. Really? Yeah. And they all made it through. Yeah. I mean, uh, and then I I know someone whose parent passed away from it. And, oh yeah, me too. But Lori? that's Who? yeah, Lori. Yeah. Uh, her, Lori Kilmartin's Twitter. Wow. Going through that. Crazy. It it it's impossible to like. It it's such an in the moment thing that it's hard to describe to people. But go back and read some of those tweets, and it, it it's just the most funny and heart punch gut. She's wrench like stuff. so quit for, uh, quit for it because she did that whole book about about her father passing, right? I yeah. mean, she's like the death joke person, but for it, to have, for it to be going on in real time was really hard to watch. Yeah, it was funny, but it was brutal. Yeah, and uh, so she's the best. She's she so is. fucking funny. And uh, so it, it it's tough to do shows. Everyone just kind of you, you know you make your own peace with it, and you say, "Will I do this?" I've can I've canceled some shows that I thought I was supposed to be. As we're recording this, I was supposed to be in Arlington, Texas this weekend, and then just everything started spiking. And I'm like, I, I can't, and I had to cancel week of, which I I, I hate. I I don't want to cancel week of, but it's dangerous. I don't want to. The guy was he yeah. understanding or was oh he everyone's been cool. Everyone's They're like been all cool. right. It's almost like you know you caught him. You know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like they know. Yeah. I have to be careful because my dad is, uh, is a cancer survivor. He's he's immune compromised, so mm. I don't want to get close to him. Uh, my dad told me one time, he's like, oh, no, I'm going out to the store, and he's going to do something. And I went, Dad, stay the fuck home. Like, I'll bring you stuff. Right. He's like, no, nah, I'm just going to go to the store. And I go, Dad, I don't want you to die yeah. because of a trend. <laughs> yeah, and people you know? want to go out though. That's the weird thing. It's not they're not being stupid. They're just sort of yeah. like I'm going nuts. Yeah, and I, I get that go to the fucking store. I get that. We're all we're all going nuts. I'm like that too. I got I do fly almost hospital PPE to go out. I got N95 masks mm -hmm. and I've got a plastic visor <laughs> just to go to Ralph's. Yeah, you do the whole thing. But and then that, and then that's when you have the too long conversation with the yeah 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 with the cashier. Yeah, yeah. We're all we're all we're all just trying to figure it out. It, it, it it's an insane time to be a comedian. And uh, at the same time to be alive, to live. certainly, and it's compounded by being an American. And if we're gonna get through <laughs> this, <Woo! year. laughs> but I mean, there has been some, you know, good news on the on the treatment and vaccine front. It seems like they they it seems like they're gonna get a handle on it if we can just make it through this goddamn yeah winter yeah without fucking morons ruining everything. I'm trying, and that's one of the other reasons why, like, I canceled everything for the rest of the year when they started saying, you know, we got a vaccine, and it's like, okay, well, I don't want to- made it this far. Yeah, I don't want to <laughs> fumble on the one-yard line. I want to get in. So let's so yeah. so let's go. Let's get the let, let's get the damn vaccine. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to, like, my dad beat cancer. I don't want to be the one that knocks him out. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you're taking care of yourself. Congratulations on your baby. Thanks, man. Well, she, you know, my wife did all the work. I, I stood there. I coached. Oh, yeah, you were there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, 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 you got to do it, I guess. Huh? Yeah. It was. Uh, it, it, it's crazy. You're, you're in, you're in that room, and 
I'm up by my wife's head, just kind of coaching her through it, telling her she's doing great and all that. And then yeah. all of a sudden you hear another voice in the room. Oh my God. It's nuts. It's nuts. Yeah. And then, and I know it's been said a million times, but then, then, then they just give you the baby and say, all right, go home. <laughs> We're going to just take it? And do what? Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> we only, we only get you to the door. You got to, you got to figure everything else out. Right. But now in terms of, is there, is there some path to doing what you're going to have to do in, in to outside of, are you just going to use your own wisdom to bring up a, mm. a, a little person or is there, is there a, an approach that, you know, is, uh, I known? Wanna, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like parenting in general. Y'all just kind of do what you uh-huh. think is right. I right. mean, and I get that. I, I want to kind of raise her the same way my dad raised me in that you are, you are aware that you are different. So when someone stares at you or says something, mm. you're not like, what? Why? <laughs> like, it's like, no, no, okay, this is why they're doing this. But then to have the mature response to have a response. And uh, so, yeah, it's going to be rough. You know, there, there's there, there's going to be times where she's going to want to do things that, as, like, but at the same time, like, I, I played a lot of sports as a kid. My mom did not want me to play sports. My dad was like, get him out there, you know? Yeah. And, and so I at least have that knowledge of, okay, we can do stuff. So right. if, if if she wants to play soccer or baseball or whatever, great. Yeah. Go, go on out there. Do the thing. Good. So it, it's that. And um, my, my, my wife, in addition to being a behavioral therapist, is also a martial artist, and she wants to teach her how to be a martial artist too great so i, I thought oh, yeah yeah why do, not? do that <laughs> <laughs> fantastic you're, you got a plan yeah it, it, it it's but we're all just the the plan changes daily it seems with what's going on you yeah, know you, you, i know I, I, like i'm just like i i'm i don't know if how much is going to i don't know what normal is going to look like but in terms on the disease front there is reasons to be a little bit hopeful yeah and that's it's weird. It's it's weird how much hope does work. Well, like, I mean, what are you going to do? I like, mean, it's like it's unnatural. It's probably stupid. Mm-hmm. But what's the alternative? We're fucked, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is one. Yeah, but that's what that, I mean. Is, I do that too. Yeah, yeah. But it's, uh, that's exhausting. It is. Yeah, they, I mean, the best way to go is either have hope, which is is maybe silly, or just go like, hey, I got no control mm-hmm. over what happens, and I'm 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 okay right now. Yeah. So stay in that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. Totally. And uh, it, it it's just amazing when like a new good news comes out about a vaccine or something where I go, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're almost yeah, there. Yeah. Come on, we can do it. Come on. Come on, humans. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 you just want to get you 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 just want to get to that point. I want to go back to watching sports with packed stadiums. You want to. Yeah. You 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 you, 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 you want to hug your friends and family. You want to have that parties. Might, I think that might happen. I wasn't so sure, but I, it seems like some of these vaccines and the nature of the. The virus itself is a, I guess it's sort of a slow evolver. It doesn't mutate too quickly. So, like, uh, you know, it might be, we might be able to knock it back. I hope so, man. Cause, uh, gotta work. As much as, as much as you probably enjoy the podcast and are thankful for the podcast at the same time, I mean, I miss hanging out at the store. Yeah. I miss going out. Yeah. I, I, I miss that more than I miss doing comedy. I miss just being able to, like, I'm just going to go over and, it's gonna hang. Yeah, sit around. No, there, there's so many times at the store where you just go and you sit back in either the green room 
way in the back or in the parking lot. The hallway. The hallway. Like, and I just stare, like, you're hanging out and you're talking. Yeah. And then you have a moment where you step back and go, holy shit. Between the five people talking right here, we could sell out a stadium. Yeah, or that one guy can. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's Russell Peters. Yeah, if we all open for him. Yeah, if we, if we all open for Rogan, then, then yes, we could sell out the fucking yeah, Staples sure. Center. Yeah. But yeah, like there was uh, uh, there was a night where it was like it, it, it was like Gaffigan and Kreischer and Rogan and and like just a bunch in Burr Burr and Regan showed up and everyone was talking and uh, Bert was talking about uh, tour bus problems and everything like that. Everyone's nodding. And then Burr came in and goes, Dude, look outside. There's a bunch of fucking Benzes and Teslas. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's so great. Yeah. And those moments. Yeah, those yeah, moments yeah. are what you miss. And Whitney coming in with barbs and and, yeah. and Annie Letterman being awesome. And yeah, like yeah. just, I, I miss that. That's why I wanted to get like, I, I want to get vaccinated just so I could run up to everyone and give them a hug and just be like, I fucking miss you. Yeah. I fucking miss you. And yeah. everyone played their part. Uh, you know, everyone has that character that when so-and-so walks in, you're like, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- this yeah. person's here. They're they're going to oh, do yeah, that yeah. thing. Right. Yeah, everyone. Yeah, because we're all personalities <laughs> and you know what to expect. Now, And you always can get a laugh. That's yeah. for sure. Now- Will when things get when when things do get back and you do get back on the road, will you have that thing where even when you're experiencing the hard parts of touring, will you be like, ah, it's not that bad? Who knows? You know, I don't even like. I'm I'm honestly surprised at how much I don't miss it. You know, I've been doing it most of my life mm-hmm. without any break. Yeah. And I you know, right before the the pandemic days before I dropped a you know probably the best special I ever did. So there's really it was some- good. Thanks. There's Props. some part of me that just is sort of like, man, maybe I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, maybe I'm all good. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I got to uh, beat myself up for. I totally feel you. Uh, uh, my s- s- my second special, I talked about my dad getting cancer and then beating it. Yeah, and then at the end of the special, he's in the audience, and and I had this moment where I was filming it, where I was like, don't look at him, don't look at him. Don't look at him. And then I look down and I see him and I and I start crying. And then I started improvising like a thank you to him and just uh-huh. thanking him for everything that he did for me. And then it was so cool because I got that moment. Yeah. Like I got that moment and now that's recorded. And right. Like I, I, I have that. Uh, yeah. After that, I was like, well, what am I going to do now? Yeah. I think I'm fixed. <laughs> I think I'm all good. <laughs> what, what, What's what, that special called? Uh, it's called uh, Daddy Issues and uh, it's streaming on Amazon Prime. Oh, good. Uh, and so people could go and watch that there. The craziest part about that, and I, I couldn't find a way to, that whole special, at least the dad parts, was almost written just in one night because I was at the Comedy Works in Denver. Yeah. Uh, or the not the downtown club, the landmark one, and I was in the green room, and I knew that my dad was going in for a test. Yeah, and th- this is going to be where we find out like, is he okay, or do we got to go for more chemo? And that would essentially be not like it, it's just for show at that point. Yeah. The so, and I haven't gotten a phone call all day, all day, all day, all day, and then. I'm about um, I'm getting ready and my phone rings and I look down and it's my mom so I go like okay it's the call <clears throat> and I answer and the first words she says are he's in remission whoa and I just burst out crying yeah the other comics 
know that I've been telling them I'm I'm finding out this stuff today. The the other comics in the room see me get a call and then burst out crying. So they're probably like, "Oh God, he died. <laughs> it's the worst thing yeah, ever." Yeah. And then literally as I'm crying. Uh, Chuck Roy is on stage and he and he just goes, please welcome Brad. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and I had to go on stage and then like I go on stage and I, I've got tears streaming down my face and I can't just go, well, let's talk about what's in the news. Like I can't. Yeah. I, I had to address it. Right. So then I started, I just started talking about it. Oh, wow. And, and I, I, I hadn't talked about it the entire time he was going through it. And you were getting some laughs? Yeah. And then I thought, ooh, there's something... It's interesting here. when that that's when it really happens where you kind of got no choice and yeah. you're in it and then you realize like the all that our skill set mm-hmm. is getting laughs, right? So like and but that's how I I write like that all the time but like that you don't know why but you know when you're up there if you're going to be talking about anything the impulse in you from 15 years of yeah. working yeah. is that like well going to find the laugh yeah, that, I'll, that's going to figure it out. Right, that's going to happen innately. Yeah. I got to get there. Yeah, a uh, a acting coach gave me a, a set of line one time that I thought was so great. Where they said, uh, "Desperate people get super creative super fast," and it's <laughs> right. that's it's really accurate. Where yeah, you, and if where, you're charming and full of shit, then, <laughs> then you got everything you need. <laughs> yeah, I I just got to work on the charm part. But no, uh, yeah, no, it's charming. It, yeah, it, th- thank you. It, <laughs> it, it, it's it's true and. Uh, those are some of the those are some of those moments, and that's what I can't wait to get back to, because yeah. right because because right now we're all kind of stuck in a limbo where it's like we're not really working on material material. I know it's hard, and also, but the other thing that's gone is like we're not so, we're also not competing with each other. So like there's a, <laughs> a little reprieve. Yeah. Now when you I, you know, you're talking about driving shows, I'm like no fuck that. Do I gotta be a you know, <laughs> Is that something I got to do now? I got to start doing that now. God damn it! Can if you want. I know. Go out. Go out. Of course I can. Go out there with Kreischer. Yeah. Come on. I take my shirt off with Bert. (laughs) I don't know if Bert's fans. I don't know, but Bert's fans wouldn't know what to do with me. The. uh, It's like I like a lot of those guys. Like you know, even Rogan's guys. Like like they. I I I can get them laughing, but you know, and they respect me. But they're sort of like, I don't really want to hang out too long. (laughs) Yeah. That's see. That's so weird. It, it, it's so weird for me to hear you say that because I think you're one of the guys. I think you're one of the top. I am, yeah. Well, people. I, I'm my guy. Like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm one of the guys, but I got my people. Sure. Know? Well, like, and like, also, I can make anyone laugh. I'm a pro. Yeah. But, but I'm a little, I'm just not quite guy enough. <laughs> Do you know Man, what I mean? I, it, it's, but it, it's a crazy thing because, like, I watched the, I watched the Comedy Store doc, loved it. Mm. But and then of course you talk about co- you talk about competing. I'm in my head going, why didn't they talk to me? You know, <laughs> of course. But then I just I, talked to Binder. There's plenty of people that are pissed off. About sure, it. I, I'm not mad the at the whole him. history of comics. Yeah, that there, are there's mad at <laughs> so many stories that you can't tell. Look at the na- number of names on that wall and yeah. count the number of people in the in the actual dock. Yeah, so exactly. the ones that aren't dead on the wall, they're pissed a little. bit. Yeah. So I was like looking at that, like, oh man, I I, I guess I'm not one of those cool comedy store people uh, but then but then it's like it, you are one of those people and you still have thoughts so it so i know I, like, I have a certain amount of self-acceptance okay you know but i do know that like you, there's part of me like 
Like, why can't I, you know, why am I not an arena act? It's like, well, dude, that's pretty clear. You never were gunning for it. And what would an arena of you <laughs> an arena, look like? An arena well, Marin. Well, how many, you know, I mean, like, I'm kind of a, I'm a specific thing in a way. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm fine. I've got just enough people to make a living. But, like, what am I going to tell? If, I've, if I'm attracting an arena of people, we're, we're, there's a lot of trouble people. <laughs> yeah, there, 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 there's definitely some comics where you, where you go like, yeah, I could see that making... 12,000 people laugh. Yeah. You know, like that right. kind of big energy. I have just the, the right size of, you know, where I'm going. I'm happy with where I'm at, but, mm-hmm. and, and I accept that. And it is truly, you know, I'm grateful. And I, and I do think I've hit my level yeah. in terms of, and it's a good level, but like, if there's more levels, you know, you're going to have your days where you're like, nah, fuck. <laughs> Where's but, my plane? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I will say that one thing that having the family gives you is that none of that shit matters? It All right, really... so I got to go get me. I'll go get myself a family. Then. Go get one. They, right. they, then you won't compare. They, then then I'll just come home. I'll look at I'll look at my wife. I I look at the Asian dwarf baby or the ADB yeah. as we yeah. call her. Yeah, and I just go okay. Uh, there you uh, But okay. life's good. Okay. All right. So it's never like oh fuck. Now I got to feed you guys. <laughs> I mean, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes I want to put the, the the Asian dwarf baby to work and be like, "Hey, can you pull your weight? Do something here." Yeah, well, you've got time. <laughs> One day. Yeah. Thanks, Brett. Hey, thanks, buddy. Brad Williams, funny fella, nice guy. Come see him when he comes near you to do the thing. I can't play guitar. I don't got it in me. I don't know if that. Do I have music in me? I could play harmonica a little, just a little. Monkey, La Fonda, Cat Angels everywhere.